Hey guys, Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where our focus is going to be how to optimize your local Adventist church. I hope you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast. It's Pastor Marcus here with you once again with another awesome interview with an awesome guy. I'm talking about Pastor Ben Taval of the Cannington SDA Church in Western Australia. And today we're going to discuss something awesome. We're going to discuss how to become a relevant church, which is an amazing topic. And I think we're going to kill some myths and also introduce some just really simple ideas because Ben is one of the guys here in WA who's leading that charge. So Ben, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks, Marcus. Really uh, honored and privileged to be here with you, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, man, the, the privilege is, is all mine. I'm, I'm excited. And look, I've been waiting for a while to do this particular interview. Uh, I had to update some of my hardware and things that I was sharing with you earlier. Uh, but we're finally here and, and we can do it. So I'm, I'm really stoked, man. Um, look, I just want to start out with a really simple question. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. For those who are listening who haven't met you before, uh, just a little bit about Ben. A little bit about me, hey? Um... I don't know where to start, really. Uh, I guess I'm a first. I'm, I'm a first generation um, Seventh Day Adventist. My wife and I. Um, so both we come from non-Adventist backgrounds. Um, and yeah, uh, we've been in the church now. Been baptized. Been in the church for about 17 years. And um, I guess my first posting out of baptism that threw me in a deep end as a as a youth leader. And so I got to learn a lot. I guess about uh, what the church was all about in my first um, couple of years, and um, yeah, started to really enjoy what the church was all about as far as mission is concerned. And then um, yeah, I guess the pastor at the time thought I had it in me to go to seminary, uh, Avondale College, and went off and did that. Found that I passed my first year, so I thought that was a big sign from God meant to be. And then um, yeah, did my four years there, graduated, and. I uh, got a call to hear Western Australia, Western Australian Conference, the best conference in Australia. Yeah, yeah. bro. That's where it's at, man. <laughs> so, look, I, I want to pause you real quick because you, cause you said you don't, you're not from an Adventist background. So, were you raised in church at all? Um, yeah. So, uh, I went to Sunday school at a Presbyterian church. It was called um, uh, Samoan PIPC in New Zealand. Uh, so, yeah, my parents took us uh, religiously, man, every Sunday. But of course, as, as most of the, the guys in my generation, as soon as we get to, you know, the adolescent years, we all just sort of gap it, you know, it's, it's not relevant, we're not interested in church. And so, yeah, just sort of, I guess, had my wilderness experience for, mm. you know, for a good 10, 15 years out there until, um, yeah, I guess I, I came across some Adventism. Um, but yeah, I've always had some sort of background um, growing up, and so has my wife, uh, Gabby. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a relationship. It was just more religious type stuff. But, yeah. Um, you know, I still had a knowledge of God from mm. there as well. So yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Look, uh, you, you mentioned something there that, that would actually be like a really cool like episode to record like all on its own. Um, just the, the difference between religion and relationship, right? Like, uh, it's a massive difference, man. And, and I think, you know, especially nowadays, we're, we're at a point in our culture where, you know, peddling religion might have 
given some semblance of success in the past, but those days are long gone, man. If it's not relational, it's just not happening, eh? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. man. And um, yeah, it was only when we stumbled across this um, concept of a relationship with God is that and that's when things started really changing for us. So, you know, we thank God for that, you know, mm-hmm. that we could have could experience a relationship with God. And it's only through that that we are, we're driven and motivated to do the things that we do today. So, yeah. That's awesome, bro. Well, look, before, before we get into, into our, our topic for, for this episode and, and we dig deep, um, I just want to, I, I always have like just one question, you know, lighthearted question that I ask the guests. So um, just to, just yeah. to kind of get to know you a little bit better, um now i know you personally you know you're, you're a fit guy you like exercising so so i have a question and, and that is like do you have a favorite sport yeah man i do i love rugby league rugby league yes i used to play a lot of it actually before becoming an adventist um went to move to queensland and played uh there i was hoping to break into the uh, you know, to a professional rugby league at one stage, but it just didn't happen for me, which is cool. And uh, but I still follow it today, not as much as I did back in the days, of course, because uh, other things have taken away my attention and, and my desires have changed a bit. But yep, rugby league is still there, and the Brisbane Broncos, brother. Oh no, <laughs> no, listen, bro, I'm, a, I'm American, man. I don't know anything about rugby. But look, it actually, you know, brings me back to a point I made, like when you first started introducing yourself. Like you got an accent, so you, so you're, you said you're from New Zealand. Yeah, so I was born in New Zealand, but I came over here really young. So I was about 12 years old when I come here. So I've been in Aussie for nearly 30 years, man. So that should give everybody uh, <laughs> an idea of how how young I am. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so look, um, just let me let me let me jump off of that just really quick before we get into our talk, because I'm I'm from the U.S., right? Like I'm 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 American, born and bred. You know, my my family's from Puerto Rico, but like I was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm definitely American, and like for us, you know, we we got the gridiron thing going on, you know. So um, I was I was watching a, a rugby game one time on an airplane, and it, it looked similar to gridiron, but there's not as it's like you guys stop like but then you just go right into it like you know in gridiron there's like this stop and start you know there's the 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 point where you're at the line and then the quarterback puts in his new play if he's gonna do that um but you guys you you seem to come up to a line together and then boom right away you just you just keep going so i don't know have you have you ever watched gridiron do you you like it do you think it's whack compared to rugby (laughs) no man oh gridiron i I love gridiron yeah i love especially when i play um, Madden against my boys, my, my boys at home. We we play that Madden um, NFL game on PS3. That's right. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, what's my team on there? My team is the uh, New England Patriots. Oh so. no, <laughs> you did not just do that, bro. I'm gonna have to stop this interview, man. I'm a, I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm gonna have to stop this interview, bro. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> But yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, and it was only through that that we started um, learning the game more. Um, okay. And and stuff. But yeah, nah, excellent game. And there's more and more Samoans, which is what what is my heritage is is Samoan. Which mm. Samoan, my parents are Samoan. Um, but born in New Zealand, raised sort of in Aussie, 
So I'm a bit of a mixed fruit, bro. But um, yeah, but there's more Samoans breaking into the NFL apparently because apparently they said they were built for it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's right, man. You guys are you guys are like tower. massive. <laughs> yeah. It's the tower, bro. The tower is a root vegetable, bro. That's right. <laughs> bro, when I was in, when I was in Hawaii, um, you know, this was years ago when I was in the army. I was stationed in Hawaii, and I, I remember going to a youth camp. It's the first time in my life I ever met people from Samoa, right? Uh, because like in New Jersey, I don't, I don't ever remember. Maybe I didn't meet one, but there, you know, it's mostly Latinos and you know African Americans and uh, Italians, but. I first time i ever met a samoan and consciously met one was when i was in hawaii and and i still remember going to this youth camp and there was this 15 year old kid who looked like a linebacker bro he was massive he's like a giant and mm. um and then and then there was his sister who was bigger than him <laughs> and i was like dang these people look super tough man like it was impressive bro so i thought like these guys yeah. end up in the nfl they'll they'll own the sport man so yeah that that makes a lot of sense bro yeah, in actual fact, there's this um, young guy who's just gone over. He, he played um, rugby league here. And, yeah, I think the NFL is going to pick him up over there. And he's six foot eight. Wow. And he's 166 kilos, and, he, he, mate, and he's fast as anything. So, Whew. yeah, bro, he's massive. Jordan Mailata um, is his name. So look okay. out for him, man. Yeah, yeah. Be, I'm gonna, yeah. He's up and coming. I'm going to look out for him, bro. <laughs> Awesome, man. So look, check it out. Let's 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 dive into this. Um, let's dive into this question because I'm really excited to know um, your thoughts and your perspective, and, and we'll share a little bit about your church. Uh, how to become a relevant church? Now, here's the thing. Um, you passed to the Cannington um, SDA Church here here in WA. And and for for some time now, I, I I've looked at what's been you know sort of transpiring in the Cannington Church and thought to myself like there's some really relevant things that are happening there, and um and I think it's important before we dive in because I want to hear your story uh, of you know how it started and, and how you guys got to be where you are today, but I'll give those who are listening a little bit of of background. Um, when it comes to the idea of relevance, I think a lot of people assume, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people assume that relevance is primarily something that is, you know, has to do with aesthetics or style. And so usually when you hear of relevance, what you hear is, you know, we, you know, a pastor with skinny jeans and tattoos, you know, um, using buzzwords in his sermon you know or you know uh, a church with like a really slick and cool auditorium you know and a great band that's usually what comes to people's minds when they think of relevant um and i don't have a problem with any of that stuff like it doesn't that 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 stuff is you know I'm, i'm cool with it but relevance in my experience and in my definition is making a meaningful difference in people's lives that that's that's relevance mm-hmm. you could have all that other stuff but if you're not making a a meaningful difference in the lives of people you're not relevant end of story you know <laughs> Um, and so Cannington is one of those churches that I've been looking at for some time and thinking these guys are making a meaningful difference in, in people's lives. And just recently, um, I haven't been able to visit. I've just been looking from afar. Um, and, but my wife visited your church uh, recently and she, she yes. came she came uh, she came to pick me up uh, from the from the church I passed her afterwards and and said to me it was amazing like it was such a great experience you know the community and and the welcome and um just the way that that you know the because we got two little kids you know so church is rough on on parents but she felt so comfortable so relaxed um at your church and then she was talking about you know the uh the garden that you guys have out back i'll let you talk some more about that and and the and the um the 
program that you guys have with feeding people. I mean, it's just amazing, amazing. And, and I thought to myself, I got to interview this guy. And then just this last week, just this last week, uh, the Adventist Record published an article called mm. The Ten Australian Churches You May Not Have Heard Of. Mm. And uh, and they and, and they didn't go through every single state. Um, at least I don't think they did in in Australia, but they did go through through the states and and point out like one church in each state that what really stood out as making a difference. And for mm. Western Australia, the one church that was mentioned was the Cannington SDA mm. church. And yeah. and they talk about the soup buns and 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 the Adra Community Cafe that you guys have going on in the garden on your church property. Um, and so this is where you guys are now. You know, people are noticing, people are seeing like there's something really relevant happening here. And yeah. so, um, so I, I want to learn from you how, how you took that journey, how you got there, um, and for our listeners as well. But here's my first question. I want you to take us back to the beginning and work, walk us through the journey because it wasn't like this when you first arrived at the church. Um, so this is where you are today. But, but how, you know, what's the history and, and the journey? Yeah, so um, I guess straight out of um, straight out of my ordination, they had given me the small church called Cannington, and um, when we arrived at Cannington, there wasn't much people here. They actually had a huge exodus of people, not not so much because of bad things that was going on here, but uh, there was a huge Filipino community that decided that they wanted to go out and. Um, plant their own church and do other stuff, which left, you know, just a few Caucasians and some Asians as well, and very nice people. So there wasn't much people at this church. So um, I knew that coming straight out of um, ordination that the wisest thing, wisest advice that was given to me was just build relationships. So I didn't even want to attempt any type of evangelism or anything. So for the first year, you know, just made friends with everybody and then got an idea of who's who and then started to uh, build a team around that. And once we developed the team, we then we asked them the serious question. We're like, you know, if we, are, if we were to uh, close our gates um, tomorrow, would anybody in the community know um, or even care that we've ever existed? And the sad reality was, and this was from everyone, they all said, no, nah, no one in the community knows who we are, and they wouldn't even care if we if we shut down tomorrow. So That's for right, us, that yeah. was a serious problem, man. Like, yeah. So we said, okay, then, you know, like, uh, you know, we all believe that the Seventh-day Adventist Church ex exists, you know, for, for a certain mission. Mm. That's why we're here. That's why God has put us here. So what are we going to do? And so we just started nutting out some ideas and praying together. And, and thank God, like, you know, we had people who were passionate about stuff like gardening, you know, and so we thought, oh, hey, great, let's just try that. Um, mm. And the name is Heather Stewart Johnson. It was just saying, hey, Heather, you know, why not? I don't know anything about gardening, bro. So trust me, I just know how to mow lawns. But um, for Heather, <laughs> she, she's like, a, she is awesome. So she said, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go do that. And let's just back her. Let's mm. just back her and doing it. And so, um, so at that stage, you know, we're really – they had really hit rock bottom, so to speak, but they were also open to evangelism, yeah. which was great for me because um, it would have been harder for me if they weren't. So so that was a good thing for me that they were open to evangelism. So we, we thought, let's give it a try, man, and um, we went from there, and we, mm. we started a community garden at the back. 
that is that's amazing man let me let, i want to i want to just jump in real quick and, and pause you for a second because there's there's something that you said that i feel um is like an amazing starting point and it sounds to me like it was your starting point for getting to this community guard and that was the question you know if if our church was to be closed tomorrow would anyone in this community miss it like would anybody notice like hey those people they're gone i miss them i wish they were still here um and when you guys asked that question around your church the answer was no nobody would miss us yeah yeah so yeah. like if anything i think and, and correct me if i'm wrong here but if if you want to have a church that's relevant that's got to be the main sort of like the foundational question absolutely absolutely yeah. look at the reality of where where the state of the, the church is, the health of the church. You know what I mean? And, and just go, look, all right, this is the problem. It's like an AA meeting. You know, mm -hmm. you go to the AA meeting to acknowledge that you've got a problem before you can actually, um, you know, solve the problem. Yeah. So we had to look at the reality of where we were at. And that was the reality, man. Like, no one was coming to church. We had nobody, you know, no one was interested. Mm. Um, like we we're just doing things for the sake of doing things. We were just running programs, and you know, it was just, yeah, it was just. You could understand why the church was dying. You know, yeah. it was dead. We had yeah, so young people. There was no kids. It was just, yeah. But you know, I, I thank God that we still had a faithful few um, at, at the time. Hey, listen. To be fair, we I had a church plant the inspired church plant and that yeah. was birthed out of a need uh for me to to look after the the new kingdom people that i was bible studying with during my time of internship yep and uh, and if i could just step say two steps back, back a bit um that was because in my internship i, I dealt with i guess two of the most traditional churches mm -hmm. in wa Yep. So they, they chucked me in that deep end, which was a great experience for me because I learned what, what to do as well as what not to do, you know. Mm. And it came to the point where I couldn't take all of my New Kingdom people to these churches because I knew in my spirit that I was going to lose them if you get what I mean. Oh, yeah, like, totally. It was that toxic and unhealthy. So I had to say so straight after church, bro, what I'll do is, I'll, you know, we'll take off home as soon as we can. Like we'll stick around, say goodbye and that, but we'll, we'll go home and then we'll meet them. And then we'll do church at home in my backyard. And that that went on for about two years, bro. Wow. You know? That's yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah. Only because I knew in my spirit, like, if I took them there, I would lose them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't want them to catch whatever DNA what was going on mm. at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, man, I, I, I hear you, bro. Like, that's a really real struggle. Uh, for me as well and and you know like one of the one of the things that i like to do and you know this um is that um uh, I, I like to stay connected with people who aren't in church circles because you know that's that's how you become you know uh, the salt of the earth if, if all your friends are adventist then you know you're, you're no longer the salt of the earth so i like to stay connected and i stay connected um through through street workout which is which is my which is my passion and so there's a there's a street workout community here in Perth that um that I was connecting with and and you know going to events and getting to know guys none of which were Christian at all I don't think there was a single Christian in the whole group um there was a few religious people uh, Buddhist and Islam uh, Muslim but nobody was even Christian uh, everyone else was secular and and I remember thinking like at one point as I was getting to know some of these guys a little bit better I remember thinking to myself like if we get into a conversation about God and it goes really positive. Where am I going to take these guys? 
because yeah. the churches, yeah, I agree. You know, like the churches were just, and it's it's not that they were um bad, you know, and the people were mean or anything. It's it, you know that sort of that caricature that we sometimes paint of traditional churches. It wasn't like that at all. That the people were friendly, they were nice, but it just was not the kind of space that would speak life into these kids who knew nothing about God. You know, it was it was the kind of space that was stifled by, you know, traditions and things that for them, for the people there, they enjoyed and they felt comfortable with it, but that were completely meaningless to people outside of that community. And so, look, I hear you, man. So you started a Bible study in your backyard. That's amazing. How many people did that grow to? So that grew to about, uh, about 20 people. Nice. And then from that 20 people, we took their group, their core team, and we started a church plant called the Inspired Church Plant mm. back in the days. And it was great, man. Like, it was a real contemporary service. We tried to keep it as relevant as, mm. as we could um, as possible. Um, and a lot of hype grew around it as well. So we started getting other people from other Adventist churches come along and stuff. So it was hard to see the actual of, mm. of, of you know, who was who at times. But um, I still worked on, on these guys, and, and I got an opportunity during my ministry to, to, to help um, disciple them, you know. Yeah. Make them disciples for Jesus and, and what my convictions were through study of the Word. And so that was awesome. Uh, but one of the challenges that we had for them was that we kept moving around to different halls and that because, the, you know, there would always be changes uh, with bookings and stuff. And so... Now I had this church, right, called Kennington Church that I just received. I mean, there's space in there. There's room on the pews for mm. people. And Kennington Church was looking for young people to come in. I've had all these young contemporary people looking for a building. So I thought, oh, man, why didn't I just try and merge them together and do mission together? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went and spoke to the guys and said, hey, look, it's free. We don't have to pay anything anymore. And then, you know, there were, obviously there were questions that came up. Well, well, you know, the traditional and all that sort of stuff. Can we still do contemporary worship? And so I said, look, man, let's just um, try this and try and meet everybody halfway, you know. Mm. And that was the conversation I had with both, both groups. Yeah. And so both teams eventually said, yes, we brought them together. And, of course, there was a, a lot of, um, it was a teething process, you know, like, we had some issues, like getting to know each other. But after the first two years of everyone getting to know each other, you know, and we, we brought them to a more missional focus, um, all of those problems just sort of fizzled out. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. And, and we, really cool. in actual fact, um, my minister's uh, secretary at the time, Steve Goods, who's now the president, he, he said to me that the, the guys at the conference office thought it was a miracle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we could get a contemporary group yeah such a traditional church mm. and you know when i think about that i go yeah man only god can do stuff like that eh? like, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome man like so, wow so we just got them focusing on the outside because when we mm. do that i think when we start focusing on the outside you know we're no longer fo focusing on the inside that's right yeah and so, picking at each other so yeah yeah so look with, with this with this whole journey, um, you know, you, you bring this group in, you, you guys are there, you're, you're sort of connecting, building relationships, et cetera. Um, and, and this, this journey of, you know, if our, if, if we were, you know, to be gone, 
um, would our community miss us? That, like I said, you know, sort of like the starting point of this journey toward toward relevance. Um, what was that? What was that journey like? Uh, was it where? I mean, I'm sure there were challenges. There's always challenges, so I'm not gonna ask if there were. But, um, you know, what what was that journey like overall? Like looking back, um, you know, before we arrive at the point that you are today, um. How did that un unravel? Did you imagine that you would be where you are today, um, making the difference that you are in that community, uh, or or did you just did you have no idea? You were just sort of going with it and seeing what no happened. No idea, bro. Like I had no idea. Hey, to be honest with you, like mm. no plan. We just said, hey, what can we do? Let's yeah. do it. Like let's just throw a fishing net out there and, and hope that we catch some fish. Type thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's what we did, but no, we had this like um, young group come in, and so yeah, man, there were challenges along the way just within with, with that. Yep. But um, when people started seeing like there were people from the community taking interest, mm. you know, it sort of really uh, encouraged everybody, eh? and they're like, oh, there might be something to this. So everyone sort of backed it and got behind it. Um, but yeah, bro, it was it was hard. It wasn't easy to be quite honest with you, but. Mm. I wouldn't change anything for the world. We we learned so much through that process yeah. as well. And I think that's important to go through. Yep. Um, and and I, I think that's how God grows us in love as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. So check it out. I, I was looking at this article on Avenue's record. And yep. so so here's the thing that it points out. It points out that you guys have a, a soup soup and buns, serve soup and buns to the community through your Adra Community Cafe. And you also run a community garden on the church property. Um, and, and you're looking at turning your church, your future vision, uh, which we'll get to later, is becoming a center of influence. Um, talk to me a little bit about the garden. You've, you've mentioned a little bit about that, but um, the garden. Um, talk to me a little bit more about that and how that opened the door for the community cafe. And, and just share, you know, sort of what it's like and what you guys are doing there. Okay, so um, we opened up for just one Sunday initially. And then we started getting people from the community um, come in and we started building relationships with these people. And then, um, um, yeah, and then there was more interest in that. But out of the out of the garden, we thought, oh, let's, let's throw out another fishing net and start a community cafe. So um, we did that out of the garden, used the produce from that to, to help start that. And, and let me tell you, bro, like in, in the beginning with our community cafe, it wasn't easy as well. Like... Uh, we our first night we we might have made soup and buns for about a hundred people. We we're so excited. We thought, oh man, this is you know God's thing. He wants us mm -hmm. to do. And so when we opened up on our first night, we did all the promos and everything beforehand. Still, only one person rocked up, bro. Wow. <laughs> up to the community cafe. We're like, what? So we had all the soup and buns left over. They were to give away and stuff. Oh man, dude, I would have, I would have wish I knew that, bro. I would have come over for some extra soup and buns. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you were here at the time. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that went on for the next month, you know. And then I think in the next month, so you know, the guys were like, "What's going on, man? You know, we're not getting any stick. We're not getting any people coming through." And then I think in the next month, we had uh, went up to about two, then three, then four, and then. I think word just started getting out, and yeah. then up to today, the garden's open three days a week now mm. um, because of the need. So it's, uh, so it went from one Sunday to now we're opening on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Wow. Um, and uh, on average, every Friday night, we get up to about 
70 to 80 people come Ooh. through. Those- <laughs> um, but every like um, big event, like uh, like Christmas or something, we've had up to about 200 people come wow. to those games. Yeah. Nearly every Christmas event and stuff. So, you know, when, like I said, like before, if you were to ask that question today, like everybody in the community, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but people in the community know who we are, man, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what we wanted. And, you know, we praise God for that because we had no idea, but we just followed, I guess. Yeah. Followed an idea. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, look, I. You know what I absolutely love about this is how simple it is. Not easy. Not easy. Definitely no. hard. No. But it's simple. You guys focused on making a meaningful difference in people's lives. You found someone in your church who was passionate about gardening. You started a garden. You started a soup and buns kitchen. One person showed up. Then two. Now is 80, you know, 200 on the holidays. Um but it's it just started off from something so simple and and you still have an old building it, it's still outdated it still has <laughs> issues you know um it, it, it's it, all of that stuff is still there but you focused on making a meaningful difference in people's lives and you found one simple thing that you could do that's what i love about what's happening here uh, because like I've worked at churches that want to make a difference in people's lives and they all have like a ministry here and a ministry there and a ministry over there. And it's not to say you guys aren't doing other things, but it's clear that there's a big focus and emphasis on this one, you know, meaningful difference that you can make in your local community. And that's that's all it takes. You know, you, you yeah. do just one meaningful thing for people and yeah. you put your energy and your focus there. And, you know, I mean, how many churches can say, on Christmas, we have 200 people who come. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, not many that I know of, you know? Um, and so it's, it's, it's yeah. amazing, you know? It's, it's just um, how simple it is. it is and how, like, easily reproducible it is. Like, other churches, they may not be able to do a garden. You know, everyone's different. But yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be bells and whistles. It doesn't have to be some uber complex thing. You don't have to go to the bookstore and buy 10 books on church development, leadership, and optimization. You just got to find something that makes a difference in people's lives and just yeah. do it. That's it. <laughs> no, absolutely, bro. Like the concept is simple. And Jesus' plan and blueprint for mission is simple. I think where it gets hard is, is just, you know, when we, when we deal with the with our own people, like it's, mm. it's all about getting our own people ready to accept them. Like it's easy to say, yeah, 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 we want to do it. But as soon as people come through the, the, you know, through the gates and through the doors, you're like, well, you've asked for it, so how do we accept them? And mm. this is a hard problem, bro. This is a hard condition problem that I think most of our churches have, is that we we need to learn how to build relationships we need to learn how 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 to love i guess and i'm talking for myself but you know yeah. what i mean and that's what it really comes out that's the challenge right there but as far as the missions continue you're absolutely right bro it's mm. it's simple it's finding that kingdom assignment for your area and i like what you said you don't have to do a garden or a cafe but you got to find that kingdom assignment what is god what is god's assignment for your church for your area and chuck out your fishing nets to the people and man just allow god to to give the increase you know? that's right yeah that's right and that's awesome man well look you you touched on something and, and we're going to be wrapping up here because we're almost out of time sure. um but you touched on something that i feel like i'd like at least two or three more sentences on it uh that the heart condition so in your experience um 
you know, what was it like when, when your church first started encountering all these new people, uh, the, the interactions and the, and, you know, uh, then, uh, versus now they've been doing it for some time now. Uh, mm -hmm. has there been an, an evolution in how people are capable of dialoguing and interacting with, you know, members of the community who aren't Adventist? Um, how, what's that been like? Oh yeah, most definitely. Like, um, I, I found, um, for myself, and this is not a critique on our church, right? But with the, the new kingdom people that, that I had baptized before and had gone through the discipleship, it was easier for them to connect with people from the community than it was mm. for, say, our, our more traditional or, or, or um, Adventist yeah. folk, right? And yeah. it's not that they weren't open to it. It's just I, I just felt like um, they've never seen it been done before, I mm. guess. Yeah. Maybe uh, they didn't know what it looked like. So there is there was an evolution. Like over the years, then they started to see, oh man, how how do you mingle? Oh man, how do you you know um, hang out with people? How do you... and then they started picking that up and learning from that. And of course, bro, not everybody accepted it. And so some people would would leave, but then the ones who 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 stayed, these are the ones who man. I've just seen massive changes in their lives and it's been amazing to watch, you know. There's a reason why Jesus says, go back to the lost sheep of Israel, of the house of Israel first, bro. <laughs> because yeah. when our people, man, when they see it and catch it, yep. they, are, they are your greatest supporters. So, um, yeah, there's, there was massive evolution, yeah. great changes, great growth. That's awesome, man. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, it's, it's not so much that people don't want to connect with with you know unbelievers or, or people you know uh, from different worldviews and cultures uh, i think part of it is that we have become so used to our echo chamber mm -hmm. uh, we've become so used to talking to ourselves for ourselves and by ourselves that we've lost the capacity to engage in meaningful conversation with people who won't readily affirm everything we believe right um and so we're, we're used to that echo chamber we're used to being able to say this is this is what's happening and this is what the truth is and and just hearing affirmations uh, but when you've got people who are coming to your church who come from completely different walks of life now you've got to find a way of connecting with them that isn't going to immediately affirm all of your personal beliefs so you you've got to actually engage in real intimate discussion and 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 actually get to know people because that's one of the challenges when when you live in an echo chamber you get so used to having your personal ideology affirmed that the people around you uh, they're just soundboards you you generally don't even know them very well and and i've noticed that a lot in many avenues churches people are not intimately connected mm. um but they affirm one another's sort of ideology and so yeah. the challenge with that is that you know, when you're surrounded by people who don't share your ideology, yeah. you, you know, you don't know how to talk to them because you, you, first of all, you don't know how to actually establish meaningful relationships with the people who do share your worldview because, because that's not something you practice. And then now here's someone who doesn't share your worldview. What do you do now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so I've seen this happen. You know, there's a, a particular church that, um, that, uh, I, I worked at once where one Sabbath, they had a, a student from uh, one of the local universities, uh, visit them. And this student was, uh, not an Adventist, not a Christian, a member of the uh, LGBTQ community. And he came to the church and he sat with them um, and no one knew what to say to him. No one knew how to interact with him. They weren't mean. 
You know, it's not like they were like, oh, what's he doing here? You know, they were happy he was there. But at the same time, they didn't know what to say to him or how to have a meaningful discussion. So, yeah, man. I, I, and, and sometimes I think, you know, we just got to uh, put put the theories aside and just do something. And, yeah. and when we start doing it and it's there in the school of hard knocks that we learn and we evolve and we adapt and, mm-hmm. and we become capable of doing what God's called us to do. We could talk about the theory all day. Oh, we should talk to people and we should love people and we should have conversations with people. But it's not never going to work until you actually sit down at the table with people and you yeah. talk and you're going to yeah. stuff it up. But then you'll yeah. get better at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a training ground right there. You know? That's Just right. Just doing life with people. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with you. Um, so the the number one thing for us for relevancy. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I was actually just going to ask you that as we as we get ready to close. So I'm glad you brought that up. You're, yeah, your your number one like your secret, the number one thing that you would say this this is how we become this is how you can become a relevant church. Yeah, yeah. And look, I just want to qualify that even doing gardens or, or, or soup kitchens and stuff doesn't make you a missional church. Mm. Right. Um, um, I heard of late enough. I've got to get the reference. Sorry, bro. But that um, our theology impacts our missiology, which then will in turn impact our ecclesiology. Mm. So the way we look at God eh, will will help um, why we do mission and then in turn will impact our church and how we do church. And so um, if God is all relational and is all loving and all that, then you know, I, I guess part of our mission would be to go and build relationships. And so that's the number one thing for us. How do we build relationships? And so I thank God that I've been going through the teething process and through the challenges because out of that, God has opened up my eyes to say, well, these are the issues and you need to, to work on it. Like, um, so I thought, man, these people want to know what it looks like, you know? Mm. So we started um, creating workshops just to meet the need of my, of my church people. On, on how to do stuff, and bro, it might sound silly, but this is true, we, how to do stuff like smile, like, mm. you know, within our workshops, we're like, you know, just practice in the mirror, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the simple things like that, just going and practice, you know, and try not to, try and keep away from the beauty and the beast type smile, you know, when the beast was smiling in the mirror, right. you know? yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, try and have a welcoming smile, and you know what, it, it's, it's actually helped a lot of people, um, yeah, and stuff like, how do you say hello and how do you listen? Mm. And so we've been going through workshops like that and people have really appreciated that because sometimes we just assume that we know how to talk to people, but that's, that's not true. necessarily the, the truth. That's true, And man. so yeah. how to build relationships mm. was for me because I, and then from relationships, it builds community, you know, and it builds the church. That's I right. Think. Yeah, that's I right, think man. So that's the number one thing for relevancy. And that, that comes from, from Jesus's plan, bro, you know, he, he mingled with the people. And so mm. if that's important to him. I guess that says something. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, look, bro, we got to wrap things up. Um, I've actually got to get going soon to pick up my kids from school. But um, <laughs> here's the thing. Love what you're doing. Want to affirm what you're doing. And uh, look, I want to emulate what you're doing as well. I'm working with two churches right now. Right now we're at the phase. uh, It's my second year there. And right now we're at the phase of focusing exclusively on our outreach plan. Um, Everything else sort of fades into the background. We focus like how are we going to reach people? What are we going to do? That one meaningful thing. We're there. We're in that space, man. So uh, it's been really awesome talking to you and getting that inspiration um, and, and that wisdom from you. 
if somebody wanted to contact you, right, and say, hey, look, I've listened to this interview. I love what you guys are doing. I want to know a little bit more because obviously there's so much more we could say. Um, and they want to contact you. How can they contact you? Yeah, man, you can just email me or, um, or give me a call. Well, what's what's your email? Because I'll I'll add it I I'll add it to the um to the the comment section on the on the podcast. Okay, so it's um, my name Ben B E N Tavao T A V A O at adventist.org.au. Beautiful, beautiful. I won't throw your number on there because you never know. <laughs> you never know these spammers, man. I mean, email, at least you can control them a little bit. So Ben Tavau at Adventist.org.au. Anyone listening to this wants to holler at you and say, hey, man, love what you're doing. Um, share with me a little bit more about the garden or whatever. Uh, they can contact you. You're more than happy to chat with them. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, just quickly, I had um, um, some people from Sydney, Interstate and Melbourne, uh, call me recently and say, hey, we love what you're doing. Um, can you come over and share with us what you're doing? And I said to them, right, I said to them, look, it's better if um, your church sponsors you and you guys come over here and shadow our guys, guys like Heather and Merv and, and Himo and Sandra and all the guys here yeah. and just see what they're doing. And I think that's the best way to do it. So yeah, if you have people, we're open to do that. We can help with billeting or whatever, mm. pay your own fare. And yeah, shout me a feed and Mac is always sweet. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Ben, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, really inspiring, man. I've absolutely enjoyed our conversation. So thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Um, and listen, for all you guys listening, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening again. And don't forget, guys, that uh, on the website pomopastor.com there's lots of resources man there's tools you can download there's ebooks you can download there's a free course that you can download as well um, called the church optimizers online course and it, it very simple uh, seven day video course you can get in your email uh, that will share with you some some pretty awesome stuff you know like some of the proven foundations to inspire and keep your young people uh, secrets that make church services and church life as a whole exciting and, and many other things uh, really cool really simple so check it out guys thanks once again for spending the time with us here at the Pomo Pastor Podcast. Well, that's all I've got time for today. But if you want some more, just come hang out at pomopastor.com. Thanks again for spending some time listening to the podcast. I'll catch you on the next one.